So welcome to the second episode of the Aurelian Hour. My name is Nick Hogue. I'm the founder of Aurelian Life. We create organic, high-powered CBD products for life's adventures. And today I'm really excited to welcome um, a good friend of mine, actor, writer, and newly minted yoga teacher, Grant Harrison. I know Grant because we went to the same grad school together. We went to the NYU graduate acting program together. And we've always kind of had this sort of special connection um, Grant is one of the most talented actors I've ever met. I remember seeing him in school and just he has such a, a sensitivity and soul to his work that uh, you really notice. And he's also just an incredibly sensitive, intelligent, and generous guy. Um, he's appeared uh, in theater off-Broadway and regionally as well as recent appearances on TV shows like The Tick, God Friended Me, and the upcoming Big Dogs. In this Aurelian Hour, Grant shares the recent challenges and triumphs of living life as an actor. One of his most devastating, turned thrilling professional experiences so far, and the opposing and often contradictory forces at play in life that he and I are still trying to understand. Thank you for coming on the podcast again. My pleasure. Episode two. Uh, episode two, yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure to the audience here, we did um, already record this about a week ago with some different mics, some lavalier mics. But we but, like each other so much, we thought, let, let's have another excuse to hang out right. and talk. Let's do this again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they picked up too much of the background noise, and it was a Friday night, and there was just a bunch of people yapping outside. So we got some new mics, and... Uh, so we're here now it's again. Friday afternoon. So we're just going to repeat the same questions, pretend it's just all fresh answers. Spontaneous. That's right. Um, but in all seriousness, I always, I think I'm always going to start this podcast by asking people, when was the moment that you decided you wanted to be, you know, an entrepreneur or, or what, what were the, the moments that led to that decision? In your case, being an actor, just knowing that you didn't want to, yeah. Go to like a typical nine to five that you want to kind of go on your own journey. Well, geez. I mean, some days I'm like, I do want to nine. Some days I'm like, I'd love to have a nine to five. Oh man. I know that feeling, right? Yeah. Just because of the structure. Um, but I think, you know, I think that um, if I were to, I guess for me, it was a gradual, um, a gradual kind of decision that had to do with where I, like who I grew up around, my parents, my aunt and uncle, the people who I was around, kind of encouraging me to be creative. And I would say that um, the experiences that I had creating and being creative uh, with other people collaborating, kind of almost like a domino effect, like continued to sustain me over the years. And so like from high school to college and then after college in an acting company and then eventually in grad school and then all of those things are like little, so I guess it's, it wasn't one moment, yeah. but um, it's just the continual, which I think I'm, is what I'm craving and searching for now, which is like, how do I meet up with people um, and collaborate and create? Because I, I, I think, and I think what's at the root of that, it's funny, I was just thinking of this, is that when you're creating something, you're taking the energy off yourself. You're, you're creating something between yourself and someone else. The synthesis of what I'm trying to say is creativity, which is exercising the energy off of your, getting the energy off of yourself, not thinking about yourself, thinking about something outside of yourself is what keeps me in it and engaged. But and do you find that's always the case when you do something creative that it, it, I mean, so much of the time where I've had creative experiences that aren't enjoyable, I think it's because it's been difficult to take the focus off of myself and yeah, onto the yeah, process where yes. you just end up being like, what yes. am I? 
I think that the, I think that in my experience, there there's different stages. That there's a stage where you have to be focused on yourself because you have to be kind of um, getting in tune and in touch with where you are in that moment. And then the next step is how you can be interpretive about whatever it is you're going through, and then how that. I mean, as an actor, it it, it sort of it has to do with whatever someone has written or a director is asking you to do. So how you can like kind of be aware of yourself and then use that to channel it into a scene or into a character or into a movie or whatever it is you're working on. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's a combination of both. Now, your mom is an artist, but your dad is quite he's, not, right? I mean, right, right. And so did you, did you always receive encouragement from your parents to, 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 to sort of, because I know in my experience, my parents, I'm thinking my dad always said, you know, it's so important that you do what you love. Same. And uh, I was actually just talking to somebody else and somebody, I was on somebody else's, uh, on uh, Greg's, uh, Greg's yeah. podcast yesterday yeah. and we were talking about, he's like, what would you say to your 10-year-old self? And to be honest, what I've been going through now is I would honestly say that my 10-year-old self, like, it's great to follow what you love to do, but there's also a reality to life and, you know, you have to make money and not only to live, but also to do the things that you find important to you that are enjoyable, like traveling and maybe if you want to have a family. And so the balance between those two things, the, the doing something you love, but also the reality of having to, to, to step up to life. Everything you're saying now is exactly what I'm going through. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, which is <clears throat> for most, for my whole youth, I was always encouraged and very privileged and fortunate enough to put whatever interested me forward and, and be able to put myself in that. Um, and now I'm hitting a place in my life where I'm going, okay, so I have these interests and passions and skills and things that I feel like I have a responsibility to follow through on. And then how does that kind of um, align with my personal life and the things that I do want, a family, um, a healthy uh, group of friends around me, uh, good, good, you know, good things uh, and, 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 and sort of, and, and money. <laughs> yeah, right. And particularly as an entrepreneur um, and as an actor, you have to go a long way without seeing any return. And so you have to continue to invest in those experiences which keep you alive and say, I'm willing to maybe go without this or that. Um, or, or, you know, um, yeah, I mean, and so as a result of that, but I, I, mean, I mean, I shouldn't say that as well because I also happen to live a very, I live a very um, <laughs> uh, privileged life. Yeah. You know? But I think that's part of the human experience to always be striving and to, uh, I think happiness, I think we talked about this last time on the first, the first rendition of this podcast. <laughs> episode one. Episode one that will be on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Um, but that, that happiness is largely solving problems that you enjoy to solve. Um, so in other words, like someone that enjoys the problem of like climbing the corporate ladder is the person who should go into like working at a bank. Someone who enjoys the problem of solving the problem of like taking their body to the next level are people that should be personal trainers or professional athletes, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think large, large part of happiness is, is solving the pro like what are the problems that you most like to, to solve and to, to go through the struggles. Interesting. Because I think when things are just, uh, all fine and dandy and you're just kind of cruising along you sort of lose a sense of purpose sometimes yeah uh, or if you're just sitting around with really nothing to do i don't think that's a yeah a happy making thing 
back to your previous point, I recently read a quote. I forget. Maybe it was from The Rock, his Instagram. I don't think it maybe it was. But yeah. a quote saying, my father always told him it was better to, even though it takes longer, it's more risky to spend the years creating my own asset yes. than spending every day putting in time into creating someone else's asset. And I thought that was a really cool yeah. quote. But what's also interesting, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but I have, it's like you're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like even when you choose something you love, you end up hating it anyway in moments. Like it could be it could be a week or it could be a day or it could be six months or you're like, I love this last year, but what the fuck is this now? now? Why is that? It's I think it's kind of similar to what you're saying, which I think is is interesting, uh, which is sort of like any field, any profession, any structure has its own, you have to grapple with it and you have to constantly be um, engaged enough to solve the problems in order to kind of, um, and you have to, I, I hate to use the word love because that's like, I don't know, that word has to me other connotations. And I think that, did you read that piece in the Times about The one you love? sent to me, yeah. Well, uh, did I send you the one about love and, and work? Or did I send you a different one? I think you sent me a different one. Yeah, there was one maybe two, three weeks ago about uh, Western ideas in terms of like how Western, how Westerners look at um, de deriving love and meaning out of what they do versus uh, in other parts of the world where a job is not your sole source of meaning. Hmm. And I think that in our society, we are in, in our age, I don't know if you feel this way. We, we are so, we are so focused on our career. We are so career focused that it's, 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 it's almost the central part of our identity. I also think there's a sense of entitlement too, that comes with our generation. The idea that, you know, we're owed something or, or you have to enjoy or you deserve or, you know, whereas back in the, like my parents' generation was about, no, you show up for a job and you work way up, work your way up the ladder and that's yeah. what you do. And now yeah. there's just much more of a sense of, yeah. well, what do I need? What do I want? And what's going to be best for me? Yes. Which I think there's pluses to that too. I think that, you know, exploring those things is worthwhile because after all, you're here for one, one life as far as we know. So you might as well, yeah. you know, find ways to enjoy it. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I remember when we were at NYU, um, there were a bunch of teachers, Scott Miller, our voice teacher in particular, and he would, wouldn't say it in a judgmental way. He just said, it's interesting as we get, you know, more and more classes come through as the years go by, and there's a sense of uh, not, not, in, not, not, not entitlement, but there's just a different sense of like... Uh, having to be more sensitive to the students' needs. Whereas, you know, 10, huh. 15 years ago, it was like, you're at this school, yeah. we tell you what to do, and, and you, you do, do it. it. Right, and if you don't do it, you leave. And if you don't do it, right. you leave. This is, right. you know, our way or the highway, and now it's much more about an open dialogue and a conversation, which I think is interesting, but also can be frustrating yes. for, for faculty. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I have, and I don't know how you feel, but I think that in terms of my work, um, my relationship to my work, I have a little bit of both. I have a little bit of like, I like to sit down and analyze and take a, and take almost like a meta approach and say like, what's really going on here and kind of pick it apart. But I am also of the, I've also of the school of like, just, just kind of suck it up and do it yeah. no matter what it is. And I think we've all experienced both. 
um, I think you spend too much time in in one of those camps and you get in a little bit of trouble. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, too much time analyzing, too much time picking it apart and trying to figure out what's working and what isn't is, is, is not healthy. And then too much time just kind of not analyzing it is also unhealthy. Yeah, with no, not looking at what's working, what your any perspective whatsoever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think some of, I mean, maybe this is not true, but I think some of my, certainly some of my greatest experiences have been ones that I thought weren't going to be particularly meaningful or great, but I was sort of forced to do it. Remember when my mom made me go to, I was living, we were living in the UK and she made me go to French camp for, for like three weeks. And I was like, oh. this ended up being the, some of the best three weeks of my life. I yeah. mean, I learned some French. I got to meet a bunch of great people, hang out in the <laughs> South of France. I mean, it's, I was a brat. <laughs> But you know, like, yeah, uh, yeah, super memorable and great. And yeah. I was just yeah. thinking that, oh God, mom, why are you sending me to this? Yeah. Oh man, as a kid, I was, I was also like that. And there's still parts of me that sometimes I'm like, even with acting, like something will come my way, and I'm like, do I want to do this? And then I'm like, I, this is all I've been working towards. Why yeah. am I now doubting it when I get right up to it? Yeah. And then sometimes you just have to. I, or I find you just have to let go and just say, I'm going to just go and explore yeah, it. You never and, know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, as I get older, I really believe that the, that everything happens for a reason and the universe has a way of bringing things into your life when mm. they're meant to be. And so mm. I, I think sometimes when I look back on the things I said no to in life, that those were mistakes because again, if you would have said yes and gone through that experience, who knows what it would have led to. So I, I think that's a really cool point. The idea of, mm. of, of not analyzing too much yeah. going forward, but at the same time, not just going forward without any kind of sense of checking in and what's working. And yeah. Yeah. Back to the point about like why some days, I don't know. Why is it the some days we wake up and we feel so positive and grateful and other days are so much more challenging to do that. What would you say your ratio of one to the other is on the average month or something? Lately, it's been more difficult to kind of find my passion and my channel, my creativity. Um, I think that I'm in a in a place in my life right now where I'm um, I'm sort of like in between myself. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm like growing we're always growing. We're always constantly evolving, but I think I'm, um, that's a good question, man. I wish I could, I wish I had a good answer for that. We try um, to, we try to bring good questions to the podcast. <laughs> Why do I Stumping think that is? Questions. That's a really good question. But I mean, in between yourself, meaning you're, you're still finding out what you're meant to do in a way like, or, or I, I, I don't know if I, Sometimes I feel that way. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, sometimes I like look around and I'm like, maybe I'm meant to do that or maybe I'm meant to do that. Or, but then when I do what I do, I'm like, no, that's right. Right. <laughs> it's just the, the, the tricky part is the in-between moments where you're not doing it and you're doubting it. Um, I think one thing that you have to remember as an actor and an artist in particular, and one thing I've felt from starting my business, from coming to that world, is that you know, most people, for better or worse, have this thing that they wake up and do every day. They go to a job, they have right, a purpose. Right. And you know, some days it sucks and some days it's better than others, but at least you have that responsibility, purpose every day. Yes. And as an actor and an artist, that that's you have it little, you know, 
bits at a time. Yes. And so that's, in my experience with the business, having every morning having like eight zillion things to do, that sense of purpose is such a huge part of waking up every morning and feeling like a stable, happy human being. Yes. That might seem obvious to the average person who's gone to a job ever since they graduated from college, but like for people that are, that have gone more of an artistic route, it's, it's kind of a unique thing. It is. And two things have, are in my head as you're talking and, 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 that stuck with me. I read an article recently about NFL players and it was talking about how it was talking about money management and how some NFL players leave the game and they, they're not, they're not able to retain the wealth that they had while they were getting paid. And it was saying that, um, there's a program, there's a, a former player who has still inst- installed a program. I forget who it is that right when someone enters the league, they can sign up to get this guy, to pay this guy, to help them take care of their assets and get get them involved in something post-retirement. So it's going to be coaching or physical therapy or an, it's something, it's going to get them kind of involved. And the reason being is that this, this former player saw that when when players left the NFL and they didn't have a purpose, they did they weren't waking up every day to practice or they weren't waking up every day to, to get ready for a game, they struggled more than someone who woke up and was either coaching high school football even, doing something. That stood out to me. And then did you see the Bruce Nauman retrospective at PS1? It was no. like, I think it was last year or earlier this year. One thing stood out to me about that exhibit Um and it was talking about how when he graduated from like CalArts or wherever he was in grad school, he, he didn't have a job. So, but he had an art studio. And so he would go to his art studio every morning. And, he, and what he said was he realized that anything he was doing in that studio was art. And it kind of made me think like, what does that mean? Like, that's so interesting. And it made me think like, in a way, as an actor or as an artist or as a creative person, everything you do in a way is feeding your creativity so it could so it kind of retrained my brain in thinking like when i have breakfast with a friend who i haven't seen in a year or even a few weeks that conversation is it's not work i might not be getting i may i might not be getting paid to do it but it is somehow feeding the person that i am so as a result of that then you sort of look at everything and you go well everything that i do is is feeding me it's just the way that i perceive it it's totally. it's not about going into an office and being in a board meeting and saying oh that's how i get paid but it's sort of how your whole everything around you is serving you absolutely yeah i was just thinking about that on the ride here the idea of trying to find not trying but letting inspiration be part of like even just looking i was reading an article on the way here i forget what it was but it related to like our conversation that we could have here and just finding inspiration in every little moment for the next thing yes uh yeah i mean that's easier said than done than others but i've had that i I know exactly that feeling when you kind of tap into that and you feel so grateful and you're like look at all the yes look at all the inspiration and the things that i could can pull from on just an everyday level 100 and it just makes experiences that are you're having and that are upcoming that much more exciting because you're like look at all the the, the, the juice I could squeeze from this. Yeah. And I, I feel so, so to get back to your question, 
it's sort of like, how do I wake up with that? Like, or like what percentage do I wake up with that sense of curiosity and openness versus waking up and being like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to structure my day. Um, for me, what I'm hoping for myself and my business and my work and my creativity is to just sort is just kind of figure out not consciously, but kind of just align myself to continue to get myself in that sweet spot where I'm like, oh, I'm waking up and I feel excited to see a friend or I feel excited to meet up with someone or I want to go to a museum or I'm reading something interesting or just kind of allowing yourself to be nurture yourself, I think yeah. is the answer. You know, like how can you nurture, nurture your own um, spirit to continue to stay curious and to continue to stay open to what may come your way? Yeah, absolutely. A follow-up to just the thing we were talking about before, are there any strategies or rituals that you've found helpful to, you know, to stay in that place of feeling positive and grateful and mm. all that? I mean, yeah. I know that your your work as a as a as a yoga practitioner now yeah. turning into a teacher. Yeah. Any of the stuff we learn in school, any stuff that you think about, meditation, I don't know, just All interesting strategies. Yeah, everything you just mentioned and then some. You know, like yeah. I, I, I've always been a writer, so I write a lot. So, so journaling. Always journaling. And what do you think, what, what, do, what do these things give you? Um, something to do. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I mean like, I, I guess I mean, um, I, I guess I mean like... Um, journaling for me is like has always been a, a means to kind of get like like putting putting pen to paper helps you kind of articulate um a subconscious feeling that you might not be able to be fully you're aware of it but you don't know what it is and so then when you write for me at least what writing is which is why i love great writing i'm so passionate about great writing it's because you're 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 kind of taking what this in our you're 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 trying to articulate the inarticulate a bull like you're trying to like take something that you feel or you sense or you don't know what it is feels very abstract completely and then as a result which i think all great art is a synthesis of it's like you're trying to take something that you kind of don't even music you know you're 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 reaching for something and as a result of that the reaching is the doing and the the writing is the doing which i think is what what writing does and it allows me to just kind of clear clear my voice and get shit out that i've been feeling or tamping down or any of that yeah that's a really good point i think that sometimes when we think things that feel very abstract and you repetitively think that and it's just that it's an abstract thing by somehow writing it down and it not only allows you to explore that thing more, but it also creates a tangible more. Yeah. Maybe it's a sense of control too, but it, it takes it away from being this yeah sort of weird kind of abstract thing in your mind that kind of haunts you. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know in my case when I'm feeling that way, a lot of things, I mean, I'll do basic things like just drink a lot of water. That's good too. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah. well, maybe I'm just feeling down because I just am kind of dehydrated. Uh, yeah. And that sometimes helps. Yeah. Uh, obviously, exercise is a big one. Totally. Um, for me, just kind of, again, I think a lot of it is just getting out of your head in yes. a way. Yes. Like what you just said, like just doing something. Yes. I think that relates to like getting out of your analysis head and getting more into your body, into your. Yeah. The flow, flow state. Yes. I recently did a, a reading um, with Greg, actually, oh, yeah. um, of Waiting for Godot. Do you know that play? Yeah. And um, 
it stayed it has stayed with me since we did we did the reading maybe um, a month ago or three four whatever three four weeks ago but that play continues to come back to me because um that 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 the what they're talking about in that play which i think is so funny and and absurd and profound and all these different things is just like how are you spending your time (laughs) and you're wait and in this particular play they're waiting so like it doesn't really matter like for me at least my principles is like as long as i'm not hurting someone or i'm not I mean, there are things that I want to be achieving and be doing, and I want forward motion. But in the at the end of the day, when you really, really, really take a look at it and zoom all the way back, you just go. I mean, inevitably, we're all heading towards we're heading heading towards something, and and we'll get we'll you know that will be whatever it is. But yeah. as a result of that, it's like how you choose to channel your your energy, your spirit while you're while you're here. Um, is what that play kind of makes me think. And I think in a weird way, that play is very blithe and very kind of... It's hilarious and ridiculous, but it's also tough. It's tough to be like, so that's it? You just kind of wait? And and I think that what the writer is saying is that um, it's not great like the, the what what ends up happening is not great so from a spiritual and like a yoga and like a philosophical approach like why not try to like release release that and kind of strive for something that feels positive and feels like oh i can exercise or i can you know do things to make myself feel you know, like inner ways of inner peace and ways fulfillment of, exactly to distract myself from death yeah right <laughs> Right. Or whatever, whatever fear or whatever kind of fear of loss or, or fear of uh, or attachment or uh, any of those things. I'm, I'm really fascinated by that, by almost like human optimization when it comes to those things, because inevitably you'll be faced with those thoughts for the rest of your life and problems. And so the more you can cultivate yeah. these habits and techniques that serve you that can allow you to change your mental or physical state internally yeah. or with things that just involve you and you don't need anything are really interesting to me. And like yeah. anything, the more you do them and the more they become um, consistent, the easier they are to, yeah. to, to work. Yeah. It's you know? fun. Yeah. It's funny too. Cause um, I was doing a ton of meditating recently, like a lot, a lot of meditating. Do you do transcendental meditation? No, or I do. I do mindfulness Vipassana meditation. Just focusing on your breath. Yep. And then yeah. like body scanning and all that and observing the sensations in the body and then allowing them to arise, pass, all that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I met with one of our teachers recently and our teacher was like, so what's up? How are you? I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm not really, I'm like kind of acting. I'm not really acting. She's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm meditating a lot. She's like, stop. She's like, get angry. She was like, you need to be ang-. like, she was like, you need to be, she was like too much. I feel like I know who this <laughs> you probably, teacher is. You probably do. You, of course you do. She was just like, but it was kind of empowering to hear that because it shook me up. Does her name start with an L? <laughs> no, it oh, wasn't L. It wasn't L. Okay. It starts with an F. <laughs> but um, it was empowering to be sh- sh- uh, shook up like that because I had been coming into contact with kind of the same kind of energy that was like telling me like what, you know, I don't know. It was just kind of repeated, repeated things. But I think so how this relates to 
entrepreneurship and, and career and all that, I think what I would say is it's helpful to shake yourself up and not get too, because I find for me, I get in my patterns and then once I'm in my patterns, it's like it can be hard to get out of that. And so someone's saying to me like, well, aren't you, aren't you pissed? Like, aren't you angry that you're not working? Aren't you feeling, shouldn't you be feeling something? And like the, the meditator in me was like, I shouldn't be angry. I can't be angry. What am I angry about? But then the other part of me was like, no, like pissed is good. It's a feeling. It's like, and that's kind of um, empowering to feel. Yeah. It's empowering to feel. Cause I think not to get too soapboxy, but I think a lot of what society is telling us is to not feel. Is to, is, to, is to kind of detach from what we're feeling in a, not in a healthy way. There is detachment in an observational way, which can be helpful to be like, I am detached, I am observing. But I think you also have to be willing to feel and, and, and suffer and be engaged and kind of grapple and, and do things if you want to uh, be, a, be a human in a way. I've been thinking about that a lot as well. I always think of this quote that Sean Penn one time said, it's just so important to feel your life as you're living it. Yes. So in other words, that accept what you're going through and and feel it. Yes. But I also recognize the other side of like, you want to be able to, what we're just talking about, you want to be able to wake up every day and have a, have a, have a grounding and a positivity so you can go about your day and you can feel good. Yes. And those are sort of antithetical to one another. Uh, yes. And so, and you know, I'm coming from like a meditative yoga, st- like, are you supposed to, the, the artistic temperament of, of, of feeling different things, and also just even as an entrepreneur, but the idea of like being hungry and being competitive and the balance between that and also wanting to feel content and peaceful and to, and to cultivate those things in yourself. Yes. It's a it's an interesting balance, and I don't know what the answer is. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. When when that teacher told you like get angry, what what actions are supposed to follow that? The idea that you would then go off and create your own work, or that well, you would be more demanding to your agents or, and managers? Or? I th- I think that I think that that's a really good question, and I think that that's something that I'm <laughs> I'm trying to translate but like for the rest of the day I like she felt she like kind of filled me with that and I was like pissed off at people I was like but I was like wow this feels good and then it wears down and you wake yeah. up the next day you're like oh it tires you out it does and and I, it's not my natural state to be angry so it's helpful t- for someone who can give you the permission to say you should feel something that you're not normally feeling I um I I have moments when I it's actually moments when I feel like very scared uh about yeah. Like my business and this is never going to work out and I'm never going to make any money doing it and I'm not helping enough people and this is just some weird pipe, little pipe dream, little yeah. bullshit thing. That, yeah. And I think sometimes it, it makes me feel angry and down and I, I notice myself being even more impatient on the subway and just internal thoughts of just having less um, empathy for people. Yeah. And maybe there's something good about that at moments, but it doesn't feel great. Like I much prefer walking down the street and feeling, you know, uh, confident and at ease and feeling very, uh, empathetic and like helpful wanting to help other people. Yes. Yes. You know, like the days where I feel the most happy, happy and comfortable and, and other days where I like want to do nice things for other people. Yes. The times when I feel most scared and angry or worried about other times where I sort of 
look inwards and become, you know, kind of not as nice and not as, as, as serving to the world and to people. I think, I think, God, so much, what what you said brought up so much in, in me. And, and I, I feel like what, what you're talking about is, um, like craving connection, right? Like craving connection to other people. And I think that we are, our, our, like to get back to what we were talking about earlier, our generation has this kind of, um, utopian idea that through our work, through what we do, we're going to connect through community. And that's both true and not true. I think that in many ways we've become isolated and in other ways we are able to connect. Um, but I think we all, and I completely agree with you that most days when I feel like I'm just walking on the street, like even just before you got here, this, this little, this baby was with her mother and the baby like looked at me and she's like, why are you riding your bike on the street? And I answered her. I was like, I'm part, cause I'm parking it. Like even those little moments in life where you're like, Oh, I feel a connection. It, it are what sustain you. Yeah. That in juxtaposition with because we live in the society we live in, like a necessary need to be selfish. And in those moments where I heard actually, um, do you know who Billy Carden is? Yeah. So I heard Billy give a talk once. I think it was Graham's birthday. Do you know Graham? No. He works at the theater as well. But Billy was giving a talk and he got very emotional and he was saying that... um, He's an older guy and he was saying, he was talking about his life and he said the moments that uh, when he looks back, the moments that stand out the most are the moments where he was selfish in terms of how he could have shifted his behavior. Not the moments that stood out in terms of positivity, right? The the moments that stood out in terms of like, and I think that that's, I think that, I think that our sense of community, our sense of, it relates to my business because my business is in many ways a quote unquote solitary existence. Yeah. You are an actor. You go to this set, you do this job, you, that job ends, you go to this theater, you do this play. You are like your own business. For any actors who are listening, my advice, if I could even be in a place to give it, would just be your connection to other people is what sustains you. And I think that's true of any business. Yeah. You know, it's it's really interesting this 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 juxtaposition between these two energies. It's something I the more we talk about, it, I think more about. And sometimes I, I look back to the feeling. Sometimes I think I feel like when I'm when I'm in a good place, but I still worry about like the business aspect. I feel like almost sure. like naive. Like, am I just like too? Like, do I need to be way more competitive and cutthroat? Yeah. Am I just like yeah. too zen and too naive to this? Like, if I if I yeah. remain this zen and this naive, nothing's ever going to take off. And I think that's definitely an influence of living in New York City, which there's largely that attitude. I don't necessarily feel that, you know, when I'm in upstate New York or when I'm in a, we were just in Burlington, Vermont, like you feel that much less. And that's why I think I sometimes gravitate towards getting out of New York City because yeah. yeah the balance between those two things about obviously going to work, having a career, building something, but also just yes. being a little more normal and not so like cutthroat are, are just are, are, are closer together that you can, you can live, live with them more side by side. Whereas here in New York, it's just, there's just so much ambition and so much hustle that yes. can be inspiring, but it's hard to balance those, that those two things. Yes. Um, I have a friend who just moved to, well, he's sort of in the process of moving to Nashville. He's a music lawyer. And he said something really interesting. He was like, so I asked him, I said, why are you moving? He's like, I'm just tired of being in a place that doesn't prioritize any sense of wellness, that it's just all about 
and I thought that was really interesting, you know, that, that other places, again, you have that balance between those two, yes. two things, not just wellness, like with the mind and body wellness in the sense of, yes. And I think some of us are just more vulnerable and, and sensitive to these things, particularly as actors and artists, you know, I yes. mean, some people are just cool with like, boom, head down, chest out, boom, off to work, hustle, 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 kick ass. And other people are just, they're just more introspective and it, and they think about the larger picture a little bit more. And I don't know if that's a, pl- a plus or a plus or a minus. Me either. Do you think that, do you think that that's a, a nature or nurture or both? I think it's both. Yeah. Um, I remember I had a friend in, in high school who was exactly the opposite of me. He would just, and remains to this day, he goes to work. I don't think he like is terribly introspective about the world or life he's for the most part i think pretty content yeah he would get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch every single day and just eat it in the same spot and i like that just, too that though. was it yeah i mean i like pbj <laughs> as well but you know I, I i was just so much more complicated in my mind which i think yeah i always wondered about i was like i'm in some ways i'm grateful for that because i think it makes things more experiences in life more depthful if yes. that's a word and, and yeah, yeah. But yeah it also can be an achilles heel for like i said getting in your head and yeah and and uh i remember i would get so nostalgic this is like when i was young at the end of uh school year sure in elementary school sure the beginning of summer break and i would remember i said to my dad said dad it's amazing you know yesterday we were all in a classroom all together and now a day later everybody's like maybe gone on vacations and dispersed all around this country and this world. Yeah, and I just, yeah. I couldn't wrap my head around it. And it made this sort of empty feeling in my heart. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've just always had that. And my member, my dad yeah. would say, I know it, this can be painful sometimes, but you should be grateful that you have that level, level of sensitivity and depth. Cause I think it's more interesting than not having that. So yeah, dad, I hope you were right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. Um, some, something you said earlier to a friend of mine uh also i remember i said something to him like i was like i'm i'm like i was like i'm i'm going through this thing with work where like i'm i'm stressing but i don't know if i should be stressing and he was like and his i remember he said to me he goes well if you don't have to stress about it it's always better to not stress but I, but that stood out to me cuz i was like how often do I also create my own problem? We create our own things to stress about and right. we, because that feels like it's progress. Um, and it just kind of made me think about all of what we're saying, which is this, I've, I've often had the same, same exact feeling as you of like, am I too like, am I too aware? And that's why I'm not as successful as I thought I would be at yeah. the age of 31. Like, am I too kind of like, I care... I, I will say it has been sticking out to me recently. I think, and the same teacher said this. The, the same teacher said to me, um, she she brought the word selfish up. She goes, just be more selfish. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. But I, the word egalitarian keeps coming up to me because I've and I've and ega, like egalitarianism and show business. I'm like, huh, those two things are at a complete contradiction. It's like no one. It, and I've been kind of curious about myself in terms of how, um, but then I've also like, I'm happy to walk into a trailer and for people to be like, yeah, right this way, you know, your, your food's right this way. And I'm like, wow, who am I today? <laughs> you know, yeah. the same person can the be, duality of those two the things. same person can be equally like selfish and pampered and also like 
concerned for the PA who, or I mean, I've been a PA. I've been a PA on movie sets and I've driven vans for 12 hours. You know, I've done all that stuff. So I, I can also have empathy for people who are on like different levels of hierarchy on a movie set or on a TV show. So I'm like always, and then, and then the other part of you is like, you just have to work. You got to stay focused and you've got to, it's long days and you've got to make sure you know your shit. And when you show up, you're nervous and you've got to make sure you're breathing and you're calm. It's like any other business, maybe. I mean, I talk to most, most of my friends are actors and, and creative people. So I have, I do have friends who do other things, but I'm sure people in, I'm sure lawyers also experience, well, God, I feel, you know, I feel all these things and I have to kind of figure out how to compartmentalize them in order to do my job. Yeah. I just met with a, uh, well, had a conference call with a business coach out in Los Angeles. And he says something interesting. He's like, write down what your goal is for the business and think big because it takes just as much energy doing your business, thinking small than it does to think big. Beautiful. And he was right. Beautiful. You know, even sometimes when you think big, you're like, oh, I'm never going to get that. But but what's the point of not thinking that? Yeah. Um, yeah. The same way I think sometimes like, what's the point of not like not feeling confident, not what's, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to go on with your life and yeah, I don't know. It's, these are all interesting questions. Confident confidence. You mean like, what's the point? What do you, do you mean? Like, do you mean like if you have the ability to feel confident, why would you, why would you kind of feel otherwise? I or? guess not to dwell on things like not to dwell on losses and to just acknowledge them. Fuck it. Off they go. Yeah. Like, what's going to serve you best on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's a way of thinking more selfishly. Like, yeah, and that relates to the idea of cultivating this mindset that can mean that you're producing the best results every day. But I mean, even that sentence itself is very, you know, like type A, like <laughs> you need to produce the best. And for, you know, guys like you and I, we're like, well, I know, but you also have days where you have to reflect. And yeah, I just don't know. This is the balance between doing those two things. Yeah. And I also feel like, I feel like that, I think that there's, like, I feel like it kind of relates, touches on a lot of things we've talked about throughout this conversation, but I think that there is value in experiencing different emotions and feelings within your work. It's, it's important to show up some days and feel like I don't feel confident, but still to show up. Yeah. And, you know, I talk to my dad about this a lot because he, he's, I, I, you know, I, he's, he's a successful guy and I'm, I'm like, don't you sometimes just like, you know, I guess the word naivete comes in because I think that um, the more you work, the more you live, the more you experience, the more you realize that every day is different. Tomorrow you could be, particularly as an actor, tomorrow you could be, you could wake up and feel like I have everything, I, I feel confident if we're going to talk on confidence, I feel completely confident. I feel capable. I feel prepared. I feel all of this. The next day you could wake up. Exactly all of it's gone. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you're like, experience. what do, what do I do now? Yeah. So I think that part of the job, part of the Is job. Is that what you asked your dad? Like, how do you wake up? What was that you, well, you didn't finish your, I guess what I was talking to my dad about was like, just kind of the ups and downs okay. of like, how do you sustain yourself? And he was, and his response to me was like, you know, we've, we're in very different professions, but he said, everything you're going through is completely normal in the sense that like, 
we all have days in our jobs, whether we're actors or accountants or whatever we do, where we don't want to do it. We don't want to, we don't want to continue. We don't want, we, we feel frustrated. We feel like going through continuing to have to do it is exhausting and it's stupid and it makes, and it doesn't have meaning. All the existential kind of things that make us feel uncomfortable with it. I think in acting, or at least in my experience, like what we were training for in grad school was like kind of coming up against a lot of that discomfort. The difference is, is that when you're doing the job, when you're in the profession, you're like, you're not acting a whole lot. Yeah, the discomfort's just here. It's like this difference, like more of the like lifestyle discomfort. 100%. Yeah. So the whole life becomes... Not the work discomfort. 100%. Yeah. The, wor- the whole life then becomes, how do I, how do I kind of... Um, understand how to live my life and how to make my business uh, work for me and sustain a healthy life. Runs you a quote. I think I read it in the New York Times one time. Being a professional is doing what you love even on the days you don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That really relates to... Exactly. um, Is there one moment you can think about? I mean, there's probably been many, but it's just one moment that's just been the the biggest challenge or one maybe recently or a few years back i'll give you a good story yeah so i was in a play uh i was in a play here in new york where i played um where it was in a greek greek tragedy it was like a big play that got a lot of attention casting director saw me in the play her name is judy bowman who i would i wouldn't be nowhere without her because she referred me to a director lila neugebauer who is now has a tremendous tremendous career she referred me to lila i auditioned for lila for an annie baker play um and i got very close i was in dc at the final callback with my guitar and i was 20 I think I was, I think I was 24 at the time, 24, 25. And I had all, when I read the play, I was like, this is built for me. This is, it couldn't be more perfect. Go down there, do the audition, find out I don't get it. Devastated. I'm like, if this is what, I had no idea that that's what acting was. I had no idea that that's what the career was. I, Forget about acting. This now we're talking about career and professional professional experiences. I had never had an experience where it was like you go up for a big play, a nice play, you want to do it, and then you get very, very, very close, and then you don't get it. So I was devast- I was like devastated. I was like, I remember the thoughts that I was having during it. I was like, I'm done with this business. This business is stupid. I can't put myself through it. Fast forward eight months later, the theater calls me, and they go hey, we have another play that we think you'd be good for, this Amy Herzog play, 4,000 Miles. I read that play. It's even better. The part is better. And I'm like, I'm like, what's, what's, I'm like what's going on? But I was almost not even going to audition for the next play because of how devastated I remember I felt after the loss prior. You were scared to feel that way again? Yes. So, make a long story short, I was the first, the director told me that I was the first person to audition. Um, 
I don't ever toot my own horn, but I guess this is a this is a little toot. Toot it up. <laughs> I, I was the I was the first person to audition for the the you know the second play right. So this is eight months later. I read it. The play's called Four Thousand Miles. It's a fantastic play. I'm the first one in in the morning. Do the audition. Leave. Have my day. A few days later, they call me. They said, yeah, after we saw you, we basically said we don't need to see anybody else. But we had to go through a whole day of seeing people. So they, they were basically, and they made me an offer that next day. And they were like, we want, we, you know, we, right when you came in, we knew you were right for the part. You didn't have to do it. It was like perfectly. So anyway, that story, and I kind of go back to that story often because it's a tough story because it's, there's pain there. There's there's the feeling of loss. There's there's um, prospect like a prospect that's like I was like oh my god I'm so right for this play the aliens I you know I'm built to do it and I'm so excited to do it and then I didn't get that opportunity but then eight months later something came that I had no idea was coming and so that maybe to synthesize that story it's like the that period in my life I was sort of like. And then I ended up doing that play and throughout the course of the run of that play, which was about nine weeks and I was living in DC and I was, I kind of realized, I was like, okay, I could be an actor. Like I could, I like this. Like I like going to the theater. I like doing the play. I like, um, I enjoy the experience of performing in front of people and I enjoy the when the material's good, it makes it that much better. But I remember my parents came and saw it and they were, they were, they were just proud. They were like, we, we, we see, like, we see you, we see, mm. we really do see you here. And so then, I mean, I could go on, but that then led to another eight month stretch where I wasn't working at all. And I was really depressed and kind of didn't know what I was doing. And I was, I, I, I just didn't know what I was doing. And then that led to grad school. <laughs> so is that something you think about when these things happen again? I mean, the lesson from that experience something you kind of refer back to it's like oh remember what happened that time sometimes i guess you know i've told that story to other actors like i have a friend who um who i think is super talented and he came he lives in la and we actually he rem i feel like we have a lot of similarities he and i and he came here and stayed at this apartment when he had his final callback weekend at nyu mm. for grad school I didn't even know he was auditioning, but he called me and said, hey, I'm coming to New York. Can I crash with you for a night? I said, absolutely. I told him that story because he he ended up not getting in to grad school. And he, at the time, was telling me he was considering another career. And I was like, he's so, ta he's so talented. And I told him that story to try to get him back in because yeah. he didn't get into school. And I was like, I was like, you don't you just don't know. You don't know what's coming. But it can be really, really hard to stay in. It can be really, really difficult because everyone's in a different financial situation. Everyone's in a different p place in their lives where if you're, I'll put it in business terms, but if you're starting a business or if you're in business, um, all the things kind of around you play into how you're running your business and how you're continuing to feed into that business in order to eventually have it prosper. Yeah, And so... I told him that story, but uh, so yeah. what? He ended up step being an actor, or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I actually haven't spoken to him in a while, but um, it's it's God, man. It's so um, it is tough to say. And one thing I think about from coming from that world and now doing uh, 
more of like a mainstream kind of business, I think, even though it's cannabis after all. But um, I think sometimes the thing that's tricky and tough about being an actor is so much so much of it is not in your control at all. Yes. Uh, you know, that you rely on your agents and your managers, et cetera, to get you appointments. And then once you go in, it's not up to you whether they're going to cast you. And it's just... Yes. At least with other things that are entrepreneurial, at least you have, you know, you can wake up every morning, you've got the things you need to do to move forward that day. And yes. even if it's just a little bit of progress, at least it's some progress. I guess you could make the argument as an actor, you can go off and shoot your own stuff, do your own things. But we all know that's, you know, that's challenging to get people together and it costs money. And yeah. then after you shoot it, who the hell is going to even watch it and what's it going to do? But I guess, yeah, yeah, you know, just to kind of, yeah. I was talking to Greg about this, but everyone keeps telling me now, stay in it. Right. And I'm like, and I'm like, Ooh, okay. That's where we are. That's where we are now. Yeah. Cause similar, you and I had, I feel like you and I had this conversation when we were in school, you know, four or five years ago, we, we were always having this conversation where we were like, we could do other shit. Like I remember one day you came up to me and you were like, I just want to like fucking make tacos at a surf shack in Nicaragua. And I was like, do it, dude. I was like, if Nick never comes back, that's where I'll know he is. He's in Nicaragua making tacos. Oh man. But it's, you know, and actually my friend Ryder, who you talk yeah. to, who's in Taiwan. He's a cool guy. Um, I have had this conversation with him as well because he's, he's done a lot of really interesting things. Um, and he's like, no matter what you do, you're always gonna have the doubt absolutely and i i i who was it i heard someone or i forget who it was someone was telling me about john Turturro. um it might have even been him it might have been an interview with him um where he went to see his doctor or, or his i think it was his doctor and he was this was recently like maybe or i don't know whatever 10 years ago and he was saying to his doctor like i want to do what you do and his doctor was like what do you mean and he was like what I do has no value, like, or not no value, but he was just kind of going through, because I'm sure he's a very, he's obviously very smart, very introspective, thinks about all that stuff, but I'm sure we all at different stages of our lives go through this feeling of what, this is interesting, because I feel like our first episode was kind of about this too, of like, what do we do, what, what am I doing, why, and why am I doing it? And, um, and am I doing the right thing? And he was, to get back to him, he was saying to his doctor, like, I, I, I want to be doing what you're doing because what you're doing has like a very practical service. And his doctor said to him, but what you do also has a service. So it's also interesting that we can't see what the service that we're providing a lot yeah. of the time. We can't see ourselves in a full way. We can't see, we, we're not fully aware of the impact that we're having and of the meaning, quote, like that word is so... At this point, it's like, why, why do we even need meaning? But we do need meaning, a certain amount. Yeah. But we can't see it from the inside. I can't see what you see about me, I, and you can't see what I see about you. And so as a result of that, it's like, we can only rely on people, hopefully a good group of people around us, and our own inner determination and in our own inner will to say, I do find purpose and meaning and the drive to continue to, to create or yeah. do, do my business or act or all that stuff. I've heard that sentiment from other actors, particularly well-known ones. Like what I do is just child's play bullshit. What you do is really actually moving the world forward and this and that. Not, yeah. not talking to me, but talking to people of that course. You know, are doctors, politicians, whatever. Of course. And I always sort of, I don't know how I've always felt about that, but now 
I actually really see the power of storytelling. It's um, incredible. All the stuff I read about with regards to marketing and getting yeah. your message across, it all has to do with storytelling. Yes. We as human beings, we connect to stories, yes. not facts. And so it's given me a new appreciation, actually, of the, the, the power of people that tell stories, whether you're an actor, writer, or whatever, you know, yeah. and how yeah. that's just an integral part of of human beings and moving our world forward and understanding our world and understanding ourselves. So yes. And then I also thought of the thing of, of, I think when you have like a nine to five job, you always yearn for being, you know, sometimes maybe yearn for being free and being able to set your own schedule with the people that get to set their own schedule. Sometimes just yeah. yearn for the day where you can just show up to work, yes. clock in, yes. do the work, go home, no homework, no other worries, get your paycheck, get your health insurance, boom. Yes. So I think there's always a, a grass is greener and advantages to both. And it's just yes. part of understanding that that's what everyone thinks. Yes. You think it, I think it, your dad thinks it, of, my dad thinks it. Of course. People listening to this probably think that. It's yes. just, I guess, part of the human experience. Yes, I, I'm, I'm curious to ask you and talk to you about, because what I've been thinking about recently too, like over the past few months or whatever, is sort of like um, growth and like in this instance, like how you, um, so we're like we're always growing whether we like it or not, right? Because just naturally we're evolving, right? But I guess what I'm kind of interested in is like self-actualization or like how you and I think a lot of <laughs> this might be getting a little um I don't know self-helpy or or like but I guess what I've been thinking about is like the relationship between potential and actualization and how those things relate to each other because I have belief in my own potential and in actualization I'm like working on. I'm like working on how to actualize my potential. Yeah. In relation to that question, I've been thinking a lot, a lot recently about consistency, um, and setting up organization for yourself that every day mm. you're working on these things because it's very easy for the time to pass and you get overwhelmed with other things. And like a week, two weeks, a month has passed. You haven't gotten these things that you're Yes. You know, looking to achieve and that's part of the growth. Yes. And so I've never been someone that's been like terribly crazily structured, but I'm kind of moving into that direction same, so that same I can like even little like spending like saying for this two hours of the day, I'm focusing on this part of the business for this. and the, So, yes. you know, you have little chunks of time where you're working on different things. So at the end of every day, you've devoted a little bit of time to each. Yes. And inevitably you get knocked off that schedule. Um, you know, in certain days, but yeah. the idea of setting up that accountability, it's not sexy. It's not particularly fun to do, Yeah. but once you get in the habit of it, you know, we're creatures of habit. I think that it becomes easier in second nature. Uh, and I think, I, I think in relation to your question, that that's a way a lot of things get done. You look back six months later, you're like, Oh my God, look at all this stuff I've learned and yeah. all the stuff I've done. It's yeah. because you set that schedule up and you follow that schedule to, yes. not to a perfect T. It's like going to a gym and wanting to transform your, health uh it's the same way it doesn't happen overnight you've got to yes put in the work and let the let the work work yes yes because for me like a big thing has been writing like everyone's keeps, everyone in my life keeps saying to me like are you writing are you writing like are you what are you writing are you are you doing any writing and i'm like kind of kind of not but i was thinking recently because my i like work a bunch of different jobs and they're kind of like spotty so i'll work two hours on thursday 
three hours on Friday, whatever. And it's like not regular. So it's like I can I can shift my, my schedule is always shifting. So I was thinking I should start because I work out in the morning. I should start work by working out, meditating, working out, eating breakfast. And then every day, every weekday, employ self-employ that from nine to 12, three hours of writing. Yeah, you should. I think the feeling of that in the beginning is painful sometimes because you're just like, oh, what, I, what do I do? Like, I have nothing to write. And, yes. You know, all that. You just got to fight through it. And one thing I've been thinking about, which relates to what we were talking about earlier, I think when you devote yourself to this, I've been feeling it the last two weeks, actually, because I've been putting together this very structured. Yeah. The beginning was brutal. Like, okay, I have to sit down here now and do this part. Oh, God, I, I can't think of anything. And just you just forced yourself to embrace the suck of it. Yes. But, yes. you know, after a few days, it becomes easier. And then yeah. sure enough the possibility starts to open up. Mm. You start to see all these possibilities. Mm. And you look back and like, man, I'm so grateful that I just dove into this and stuck with it. And there's still way more to go. But, you know, the sense of opportunity and possibility starts to open up. It's almost like you're rewarded by the the gods yes. by going through this little tough beginning moment. And it's really true. It's a really interesting part of life. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. It's almost, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Any ways you want to wrap this up? I'm trying to think of ways I would want to wrap up the podcast. Anything on your mind that you want to say that you want to share and part as a last thing? If not, that's totally cool. Or No, I mean, um, if anything, I feel like this conversation kind of uh, brought to the surface a lot of... Um, I'm always interested in process, you know, and I think, I think the more that I work... Uh, and the more that I get involved with collaborations, the less interested in result I am. Yeah. I would love to translate that to my personal life and relationships and be able to be like, I'm just going to kind of, you know, see what this date is or see what this person likes rather than be like, oh no, this person is this or this person is that. Just less, if anything, I would leave by saying less rigidity, <laughs> um, but also structure. Yeah, the balance between those two things. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 also if anything what the conversation also illuminated is like there's all these different things in juxtaposition with each other, right? Like like my selfishness serves me, but my sense of community serves me and those two things are in contradiction to each other. My sense of structure is what's great, but also my spontaneity is what's great. So like kind of dealing with these opposites yeah. and being able to like, I love what I do. The next day I hate what I do. What? 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 Like what? Really? <laughs> like those are the part of the same person, the same brain, the same heart, the same thing. So kind of dealing with those juxtapositions and those contradictions is what makes it interesting and difficult. Yeah. And, and, and I want to quit. But then eight months later, I got a job. What? It's all, it's all always, you know, up, down, up, Absolutely. down, all that. And I think, I hope that this, that'll be the heart of what this podcast is. That's sort of, I think, why I started it to mm. kind of like what we were talking about earlier, the idea of taking these abstract thoughts and almost putting them down on paper. Yeah. The idea that we take these abstract thoughts and we share them, our experiences, and by putting them out there, it it opens up lessons. It also creates a sense of connection and humanist to not only between us here yes. in the room, but also the people listening. Yes. And hopefully it takes that abstractness and puts it at least into more of a framework that you can make sense of it and see that 
I think we all go through very similar stuff as yes, crazy it, yes. as it feels inside your own head. Yes. Yes. And like, if it's anything that we learned in school or like one thing that I feel like the teachers or like that NYU was trying to teach us is that like the same thing that you want is also the same thing that you, 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 you don't want. Absolutely. And the same thing that you know that like the heart of drama, the heart of like any kind of thing that's tough what makes things difficult is like want obstacle need not getting it and what happens or getting it and what happens relief pain joy all the various human kind of reactions and experiences anger like i love you know faye telling me be angry be be angry i was like whoa yeah feel feel feeling that's great that's important it's so important. It's like, God, yeah, all that stuff. So, yeah, that's that's maybe... I, I don't even know if any of that made sense. <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah. I think we'll, yeah. we'll wrap it up this there. This is great. Thanks so much for tuning in to the second episode of the Aurelian Hour. If you guys have any suggestions of topics we should cover, guests we should have on, feel free to email me at nick at aurelianlife.com. You can also check out our website, AurelianLife.com, for blog posts, FAQs, and products all related to health, wellness, and CBD. We'll see you next time.